Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance, I left my executive role to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of Live Media, I am thrilled to create wellness-based content and technologies to help you level up and become more conscious of your ripple. The Live app launched Christmas Day for Apple iOS. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a beautiful place for us to share our gold, our dreams, and create community. Gold is a Live Media production brought to you from the sound studio at the Live headquarters. Jarek Robbins believes that there is beauty in our struggles. At the age of 20, doctors told him he only had six days left to live after contracting malaria. Thinking to himself, this wasn't the plan, Jarek immediately put to use the tools he has learned over the years from books, tapes, and seminars and started working on healing himself. Today, Jarek Robbins is the number one bestselling author of Live It, a performance coach and lifestyle entrepreneur and founder of Performance Coach University. Jarek Robbins is a man dedicated to helping professionals optimize personal performance and achieve success with purpose. He was awarded the Congressional Award Gold Medal from the United States Congress. He has conducted trainings for Harvard University, the United States Marines, the United States Air Force Special Forces, BMW, Remax, UBS, Major League Baseball teams, and members of the U.S. Olympic team. He is a trusted advisor and board member to a variety of different companies. Today, with over a decade of performance coaching experience, Jarek continues to unlock secrets for maximizing performance and organizational success. Today, Jarek and I have a soulful conversation about how we can become more prepared to take on difficulties with ease. We discuss fixed versus growth mindset, spirit versus ego, and how both are necessary on our journey, and the power we have in choosing to rewrite the stars of our family tree. Let's dig in. I am so excited to have with me today on Gold, Jarek Robbins. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me, and thank you to everyone who's tuning in for giving us a little bit of time. Hopefully, we bring you some beautiful golden nuggets in these next couple minutes. I love that. I, I love this space because everyone that I talk to comes to this this podcast and this interview with such intention. And I, I love that about you. I've been you know, paying attention to you and I love your videos. It's like these like soul coaching moments that give people perspective. And I was listening to your podcast about what people need to know. And I'm like, these are the, the moments and the nuggets and the things that I think really help people kind of get out of their own heads. And you wrote something, uh, created a video actually, and I wanted to ask you about it because it really struck me. And it was the beauty of struggle because not many people would put those two words together. And I wanted to get a real feel from you as to what that means um, and and how you talk to to people about it in your own business. Of course. I think to really grasp the beauty of struggle, we'd have to look at this from a few different angles. I remember I had the, the privilege of hanging out with a group of men and one of their slogans was the only easy day was yesterday. And I remember reading that and thinking, really the only easy day you're telling me if I don't get smarter, if I don't get stronger, if I don't get more creative, if I don't try harder, that, that nothing in my future will ever be easier than yesterday. And I thought about it. And I said, well, maybe they're right. Maybe life does get harder. But if it does, it's, it's, it's not that we can't handle it. It's we become more prepared so that we can take on more difficult tasks with ease. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at this concept, I looked around 
And, you know, if, if we look at it from the perspective of an intimate relationship, most people don't go to a, a place with lots of people, whether it's an event, a bar, a nightclub, a party, a gathering, a dinner, a restaurant, no matter where you go. But rarely do we go to that place and we look around the room and go, man, I just saw a human. I would really, really love to go through a struggle with. My goodness, I would love to go through a horrible time with them because I really <laughs> think we'd do great together. That's not what we say. We go, man, they're good looking. Or my goodness, they're, 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 they're smoking hot. Or wow, look at them. Or I talked to them and they, they got my feels all excited on the inside. We, we rarely say, my goodness, I really believe we would make a, a hard time a fun time if we were just together. And I, and I think of this, there was this young couple in San Diego. He was a motocross rider, one of those dirt bike guys. And, and she was one of those smoking hot, let, let's say, you know, the, the girls who hold up the signs before the races kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's smoking hot. He's good looking guy. He's winning all these races, taking home the championship money, all the trophies. Everyone thinks he's a huge deal, which he is at that time in his life. And they get married. They have two of the most beautiful, cutest kids you ever imagined seeing in your life. And you think, wow, like those, those are some magazine cover type of kids right there. And you look at them and you look at this couple and go, oh my gosh, they've got it all together. They've got life handled. One day, this dude comes off a jump lands a little wonky on his motorcycle, lands up becoming a quadriplegic that day. Can't move anything from the neck down. So many months later, that young lady who was married to him says this phrase, I just can't do it anymore. She decides to walk out the front door and leaves him with his two children as a quadriplegic to take care of everything for him and his kids because she just can't do it anymore and she leaves and if we were to pause right there when those two decided to get together did they ask the question that says is this the kind of person who'd be honored and privileged to want to push me in a wheelchair the rest of my life if i got hurt mm-hmm. and vice versa is this the kind of person i would be honored and privileged to push in a wheelchair the rest of their life if they got hurt Now, if we take that concept as an intimate couple in a relationship, let's transfer that over to your business relationships. Are you the kind of business partner that when things get rough, you'd be willing to step up and take the heat and keep forging forward with your partner? Are you the kind of person when things get rough, you ditch out and leave? Are you the kind of, let's take it to a personal relationship with yourself. Are you the kind of person that if you, if you went through the roughest time in life, you really would pray that you, if you could choose to be anyone in the world, you would choose to be you because you know you have the mental resilience, fortitude, you're willing to put in the effort, you, you have the tenacity and the passion and the drive to will yourself back to your best self. Or are you the kind of person that when things get tough, you just throw in the towel and go, eh, screw it, I'm out. Are you that kind of person that's willing to look at a tough time and say, hey, iron, iron sharpens iron. It's, it can only make me stronger. Let's go. Let's do it. Or are you the kind of person that looks at a tough time and, and want to run from it as fast as humanly possible? So let me ask you a question that might be a little bit controversial. Do you think that that's 
I, I feel like we're born with a constitution, right? That we can change at any point in time. Mm-hmm. But that mental fortitude, do you think that's something that we have to build and grow because of tough times, because of struggle? Or do you think it's something that's in, in born? Well, there's some great research from Stanford University by a, name, a lady named Carol Dweck who went and researched mental resiliency. And she calls it, uh, there's another lady calls it grit, but, but this lady calls it mindset. Mm. She goes, within mindset, she discovered there's really two kind of mindsets people generally have from the get-go, very beginning, as early as the little kid's spelling bee. Um, which you've ever watched these champions spell those long mm-hmm. giant words. It's very impressive. So she went and interviewed and observed and measured and tracked all these kids in the spelling bee. Then she went to West Point University and measured all the top performers and everyone who fell out and quit and gave up. Then she went to major organizations around the country and measured top performers versus those in the middle and those struggling. And she just went around and kept measuring the same thing. And what she noticed was a consistent mental trend. One group of people who always struggled, regardless of the activity, regardless of the event, regardless of the situation, she deemed this term that's called a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. They believe you're either born with it or you're not. And whatever you're good at, it'll be effortless, easy, smooth. You'll just show up and be a pro. And whatever takes effort, whatever you're not good at, you should get out of it, quit, and avoid it like the plague as fast as humanly possible. Those people tend to really struggle in life, regardless of, of, of the, whatever category you put them in, relationships, health, fitness, the only things they do are things that are easy. They avoid everything else. So they tend not to grow. They tend to get kind of stuck in only the things they're good at. There's this other group called a growth mindset. They believe that the path to success, the path to achieve it, the path to the results they want is paved with effort. Meaning in the beginning, most of us will probably suck at most everything. We're just not good at stuff. But if we keep putting in the effort, eventually we'll start to make progress and gain traction and succeed. That kind of hit me between the eyes a little bit. And I'm going to be honest (laughs) because my experience has been, um, I'm very familiar with struggle, struggle. Um, and from, from a very young age and we had a very family kind of, our family dynamic was very fixed mindset that we're just not good at these things and things are put upon us. And I, at one point in time was like, I remember having someone in my church be like, you guys are really negative. And I didn't like the way that felt. I didn't like that being reflected back to me. And I was like, I made the choice at that point in time, like, well, what would it be to be different? And I think some of my, my growth and my transition over to a more growth mindset was an active choice not to be stuck, not to start something and never finish it and, and take that with me. But with that said, even though I feel like I can do anything I put my mind to, there are still things that I tell myself I'm not good at. And like, as you were talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, like so much of my life is growth, but there are these little, these little moments, I think, where that fixed mindset kind of pops back in. I'm, so I'm curious, like, how do you coach people to become more aware of their mindset, figure out where they're starting from and how to move forward, how to move into sure. that growth mindset? Well, well, here's the truth. 
all of us have some category of our life that we're a fixed mindset in. Mm. How do you know what category it is? Listen to how you respond when someone offers you a new way to do it. Someone gives you a new way to do your taxes and you go, whoa, no, no, no. I know taxes. Leave it alone. Wow, you're a fixed mindset. You're not open to any other possible way to do it. You know, you're in a relationship and someone comes up with making love in a new way and you and your husband or wife want to make love in a new way and you go, whoa, no, thank you. You're like, wow, that might just be preference. Or you might have a fixed mindset in this category. You are stuck in your ways. You don't know any other way to do it. You know, you go around, someone says, hey, you ever think about doing this with your kid? And you go, no, uh-uh. And sometimes a fixed mindset is okay. Nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's something you mentioned before the call. You know, we're talking about spirit or ego. Mm, Both are yes. necessary. Tell Both me about that. Totally yeah. necessary. People like to bastardize one and, and praise the other, but, but the truth is both are necessary. Most humans are radically uncomfortable dancing in their darkness. Most of us, meaning there's parts of us we disown. There's parts of us we don't like. There's parts of us that's done some really, really dumb stuff. And we tend to avoid that part of ourselves instead of cherish it and realize it's just part of who we are. Mm. I like that the dancing within the darkness, because I think so many times, especially when people first come to self-development, we have a tendency to kind of negate or disavow parts of ourselves, right? Rather than kind of embracing them and recognizing or feeling like I'm not getting it right, right? I'm not getting... Um, spirit, right? And I'm sitting in ego. And, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with that and, and recognizing when fear or ego is your, you know, primal brain that's just trying to keep you safe. And can you recognize that versus when you're just stuck and you're complacent and you're allowing it to happen? And I think, mm. I think it's so like, I, and I've had this, I have an executive coach that I've worked with for years and he's changed my life. And you know, one of the things that he's told me is fear is simply an unanswered question. Answer the question. Mm -hmm. And I find that my fear and my ego kind of walk in lockstep <laughs> together. Usually if I'm, I'm answering a question in fear, my ego will show up and, and want to have a conversation with me. And you have to kind of learn sometimes your, your negative behaviors. Like I recognize that if I'm not being true to myself, like I can become, I can sit in martyrdom or I move into anxiety. And I've had to learn that and be able to say it out loud um, so that I can kind of recognize, well, that's, that's a part of me. That's a part that I don't like to be in and, and I'm doing it right now. So what choice can I make to move out of it? But what would you say to people who are struggling with really letting go and moving into like a faith Faith that I've got the skill set because I think that's one thing that we do a lot of times is that we compare our current situation to our past failures and mistakes instead of looking at them as lessons and like, well, that taught me this. You can say that, but it's hard to like bring that into your DNA and embody that, realizing that you're making decisions from a new perspective. I struggle with that a lot. And I'm curious, like, what advice would you give to someone who's like, I pray, I have my practice, I believe that I am capable but we still have sometimes a really hard time of, of walking into that space. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw, throw a left hook out here just for someone. Um, 
and, and the concept of, well, let's look at any person who seems to do it really well. And, and someone that's able to do something, but somehow forgive themselves. Uh, you know, you could start with someone like the Italian mob. It's kind of a weird group to, to look up to. And I'm not saying to look up to them. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if we, if we look closely, they're able to do something called whack somebody, which <laughs> generally means to take someone out of living. Right. And then they go say a prayer. They say, I'm sorry. And uh, they're forgiven. They move on. I'm not saying and advocating you should go whack anybody. <laughs> I'm not saying you should be in the mob. I am saying that's pretty damn impressive that they could do something that most people would not be able to forgive themselves for, and somehow they can forgive themselves. I wonder how they do that. Hmm. It's a big question. It's a weird angle. I know that. But it, it causes people to pay attention. You know, if you were to learn anything from a group of mobsters, <laughs> learn how to forgive yourself. Well, that's, that's, a strange, that's, like that's a strange thing they've learned how to master. That better be the title of an article someday. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, that's either like a hashtag or like a title. <laughs> that's right. That. And you got to think about it. You look at all these stories mm-hmm. of all these mostly men. And there's women in there too, but mostly men. And somehow they were able to forgive themselves. And I was like, wow. And they did some pretty nasty stuff in the world. I'm guessing most people listening to this kind of podcast, hopefully, have never ventured that far down those roads. Right. Hopefully. Not judging if you did. I'm just saying hopefully you haven't. And whatever you've done is probably far less bad. Today Gold is brought to you by Live Media and the Live app, now available on the Apple App Store. We believe that a healthy you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. To that end, we have created accountability features on a platform of curated coaches and thought leaders in a wide variety of areas, all to bring each person to their best self as a whole and healthy individual. We do this through time-proven tools that offer personal accountability, measurable growth, a support system, and community. At all times, live guests have access to an accountability coach or to our network of coaches through email submission. Whether you simply want to goal set with a little support or have a coach provide you a monthly plan, we've got you. The team at Live has worked so hard to provide you something special, and since we love giving gifts and self-development is our thing, what better time to offer a gift to build out your 2020 vision than now? For a limited time, all guests who download the app will receive full VIP access for 30 days. That means goal setting, talks, challenges, and a one-on-one conversation with a Live Method coach to start your new year off right. Search Live Media Inc. in the Apple App Store or link to us through our Instagram account at loveisviral.media or mine at ms.janetteschneider. This offer won't last, so sign up now and happy new year and new decade. From the Live fam to you. I wonder how they did it. Now, I necessarily wouldn't look one of those guys up and go have a sit down to figure out how they forgive themselves. But we just, you know, look, let's look for a different group. What other groups have done stuff that kind of twist the way you would have thought about it? You know, there, there's a group of Indian women, their grandmothers who wear pink saris and they walk around with these giant sticks. And if they hear of a husband who's abusing their wife, imagine a hundred grandmas with big sticks showing up at your front door and beating the tar out of you. I love them. Yeah. 
That's a pretty <laughs> rough group. Now, do they feel guilty for rectifying a wrong in the world? Mm. No. They're very clear. They're making things right. Now, are they doing something that's generally not praised? Yeah, beating someone with a stick is generally not looked highly upon. But do they forgive themselves because they're doing something that's bringing things back to the right way? Yeah. That's still a little bit of violence there, so let's keep moving down (laughs) the scale. I started way down the freaking trail there, so I got to bring it back. You know, we, 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 let's get out of violence. Let's just get into tough stuff. Great. Like you said, another point, you, you grew up and you realize that some point, someone in your family will have to rewrite the stars for your family tree. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to have to rewrite the destiny of what's possible for your family. Those are big moments in family history. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a few people, my mom, was someone who sat down and says, I don't like the way things are in this family. I think they should change. She started going to seminars. She started reading books. She started taking courses, getting certified, so that she could change by rewriting the stars for our family. She wanted to provide a better life for me than she ever experienced. And she did it. I was like, wow. She rewrote the stars. My father, you know, not to let him be who he is, but he is the same thing. He had a real rough upbringing, something they had in common. Real rough upbringing. He looked around and said, I don't like the way things are. I'm going to rewrite the stars for my family tree. And he did. Mm-hmm. And both of them created a new path for me to walk that allowed me to live a radically different life than anyone in our family tree lived prior to me. I'm the first one in my immediate family to go to college. First one to graduate from college in our immediate family. You know, um, I'm one of, I think, two or three people in our family to become a millionaire kind of stuff. Like, like we wrote, we rewrote the stars there. But for me to say I did it, that ain't right. That was my mom and dad who made some decisions in their family trees and says, we don't like it the way it is anymore. and We're going to change something. I love that. It's, it's being conscious of your ripple. It's being aware of not only do I not want this to stand, but I'm changing our generational history. And, you know, I look at my daughter the same way. Like there were some decisions that were made that she's living a very different life than I did. And you just said it in such a beautiful way where it's like, I'm not taking credit for that. I'm recognizing the strength of the people that came before me. And I think that's, that that's right. really powerful. That's right. That's, they paved the road. They, you know. they opened some doors. They set... They blazed the trail that gave me an opportunity to walk on that trail. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that is, you know, it goes further than them. Anyone who says they're self-made, I laugh at them. We're not at that point in history yet. It takes an egg and a sperm to create a human. So if you think you're self-made, you got a little too much ego riding in that part of your life. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things I could say about that just based on like current pop culture, but no, I totally agree. And I think, I think so many times we, um, we take ourselves a little too seriously and our identity is wrapped up in our own achievements and how we're different. And I think sometimes just sitting back and recognizing that we're all so connected and choices that were made by our parents and even the conversations that we have and choose to have affect people on a daily basis like absolutely does 
I'm so conscientious of the way that I speak to my child because I want to make sure that she has very strong internal self-talk so that when I'm not there, she has a compass and a way of, of thinking critically and with soul that I didn't, I didn't have as a, a tool set, right? And to me, I think that's what's so important, especially, I know your, your wife is pregnant. You guys are having a baby boy. Congratulations. Um, And I know that's, you know, that's such a big thing, especially as you're becoming a parent and as you're raising children, it's making sure that you're sharing conscientious messages, recognizing that it's, the ripple goes forward. It continues. And that's right. If you can, if you can be a powerful force in the life of of a child, just imagine what they're capable of if they continue to make those choices to to move into that growth mindset, and they're given permission. And that conversation is happening in the home. Um, that's what we do at, in my home. Um, we have family nights where we sit down and we talk about what we're grateful for and what we need to work on and what it means to be. Um, we talk about jealousy. We talk about all the emotions at eight and nine years old. Our girls are very much like, I feel jealous about this. And I know that that's not positive. And, you know, it's very, it's unusual. Um, but I feel like it should be the norm. Well, here's what's interesting. I remember I, I spoke at an event and this young woman raised her hand. It was a youth event. The young woman raised her hand and she says, can I ask you a question? I said, Sure. It's always a weird question people ask. (laughs) They're already asking, but they just ask if they couldn't ask. It's kind of funny. But she asked, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She says, I realize, let me me set this up. Both of my parents are life coaches. And I realize there's no such thing as problems in life. There's only obstacles to overcome. But aren't there just problems? (laughs) Like, aren't there just bad days? Like, can't you just be normal and have like a shitty day? What, I mean, what do you think about that? And I said, this is the mistake people make when thinking of this industry. Mm-hmm. I was reading a post this morning and it is someone advertising to help, you know, to convince people to come become a life coach. And we have a training school and I was reading some of the comments. One of the comments was life coaches. Great. What do you, you know? This, these are the people who tell a terminally ill patient, there's the only bright day. How are you going to make the most of every moment you have left? Cheer up and be happy for the last days of your life. Mm-hmm. And I read it. And I was like, wow, this person's obviously hurting. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I, I think they're missing what this industry is for. This industry is not where you go once you're down. This industry is where you go to prepare for hard times. Mm-hmm. Just have a better toolkit. The worst time to go take a self-defense class is after you just got your butt kicked. The worst time, I hope that makes sense. Like, no, like 100%. If someone I- just royally kicked you in the face and you had no way of protecting yourself, that's when most people go to take their first self-defense class but it's not very useful after the fact. When someone, and I, I wrote this lady, I said, listen, I was told I had six days left to live when I was 20 years old. Mm. I was not excited. That was not the plan. I had malaria, 55,000 parasites per one red blood cell in my body. Oh, Doctor God. came in the room and told me I had six days left to live. And I remember going, dang it, that wasn't the plan. I was imagining like, 
having a wife and having a family and having a business and finishing school and traveling the world, and buying a house. And I had this whole list of stuff I wanted to experience in life. And six days wasn't enough time to get it all done. And I remember thinking, dang, what am I going to do? Now I sat down and I took every tool I had ever learned growing up from books and tapes and seminars. And I put those bad boys to use. I mentally visualized myself getting healthier. I, I mentally rehearsed my body getting stronger. I visualized a future vision of something that was compelling and worth living for. I tried to do an act of kindness every day to someone else in the hospital, even though I could barely stand up or move myself. I, I, I tried to do all the little things I knew, some scientifically backed and proven to improve your mind, body, emotions, and spirit, some radically pseudoscience, meaning there is zero science behind it, but my goodness, it just makes you feel a little better. Mm -hmm. And I put all those things to use, and I spent 11 days in a hospital, and, and I found a way through malaria and eventually got healthy and then got sent home and, and started to rebuild my health. I went from 225 pounds I was a pretty thick, muscly kid, all the way down to like 185 pounds over that, that so many weeks there. It sucked. And it was really hard. Uh, my blood, I had anemic. I was anemic. My, my blood count was down immensely because of the malaria. I was real sick. But those tools helped me get through it. About five months ago, I held my mom's hand as she took her final breath in life. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. And those tools... Allowed that to be one of the most beautiful, blissful, calm, peaceful, loving moments of my entire life that I'm incredibly proud to have been a part of. Wow. Without those tools, I've observed many people go through that and call it the hardest, ugliest, worst, and most horrific time of their life. Mm -hmm. Those tools gave me the ability to be prepared for hard moments. When everyone else was freaking out, melting down, I was walking right through it with a smile, lovingly, open, big old open heart, giving people hugs and doing anything we can to support them along the journey. What helped us be in that position is having a really, really strong foundation. And the, the, the foundation that most people still need to work on is being able to answer yes to the following three questions or statements. One, I am enough. Can you look yourself in the mirror, eye to eye, person to person, heart to heart, and just say, I am enough and who I am just by being here, not by what I do, not by what I've accomplished, but just by being here, I'm enough. Number two, I have enough. Mm. I have enough. We live in a weird world right now where so many people think if I can just get one more of those or five more of these or 17 more of these, then I'll finally have enough. Mm -hmm. I have a friend whose company just went bananas the last few years. They're making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. He bought his 15th sports car. I guarantee car number 15 ain't going to make him feel any different than car number one did or maybe two. But there's this feeling of if I could just get that one, then I'll feel like I have enough. Mm -hmm. You got to handle that. I am enough. I have enough. Third one, mm -hmm. I'm loved enough. I'm loved enough. When you can answer yes to all three of those phrases, you have a foundation 
where you can stop thinking about yourself and start focusing on helping other people feel like they're enough, they have enough, and they're loved enough. But until you're overflowing in those three categories, you're going to get some real interesting behavior out of yourself because you're always trying to prove that you are enough, you have enough, and you're loved enough to yourself and others. I am so... I'm telling, I feel like I've gone, to, you've spoken to me. <laughs> I feel like I've gone to church today. And I promise you, I personally am going to be listening back to this because I, as you're talking, as, as woke as you can be, or as, as, as much of a growth mindset as you can have those three questions, it's, it's, you're taking people into that kind of primal, who, who, who am I? What do I need? And how do I love? And I, I think that that's really incredibly powerful. And I just feel really blessed that you shared that because I think it, it really kind of knocked the wind out of me a little bit. I want to ask you two last questions because I know that uh, we have a very short period of time together and something that um, I ask all my guests, cause I feel like it's, you shared so much gold, but if you were to look at a younger version of yourself today, based on all of your life experiences, how old would he be? And what would you say to him? My goodness. <laughs> I mean, looking back at little me, there's a lot, most of this stuff I needed to learn. Still, I need to relearn most of this stuff just about every day of my life. And if I were to look back at younger me, you know, I, I would tell them to maybe just spend a little bit more time doing, doing what you love, doing what you're good at. I love helping people. I tend to be pretty good at helping people. And, you know, there's been little moments in my life that I've gotten distracted with building businesses or making money or doing stuff like that. And anytime I've just gotten back to the core of really focusing on helping people, things tend to go extremely well in our world. Mm. And so going back to that core of what our, our true, true gifts are and how to share those with people around us in an impactful way would probably be my deep advice to my little me. I love that. If you were transitioning, it was your last day, and you wanted to leave behind a gold nugget of wisdom, inspiration for the next generation or the people you were leaving behind, your, your kind of legacy in words, what would it be? Uh, I summed this up a long time ago because I had to think about that day. Mm. Um, and I sat down, I said, you know, a little philosophy we live by is two things. One, learn it, live it, give it. Learn what it takes to get the results you want and live the life you want to live. Learn it. Study it. Go find other people who've done it. Read about it. Research it. Watch videos on it. Learn what it takes to get the results you want. Second, live it. Put those in the application. Do something with it. Apply the knowledge and get the results. Get everything you, you want in life. Go achieve it. Experience it. Design it. Dream it. Make it real. And then finally, once you're, once you're living the life you really desire and deserve, give it, pay it forward, help others do the same. You know, that little philosophy right there, I think if more people dove into it, and I've been teaching that for years, I was watching an interview with Puff Daddy and Ray Dalio, who happens to be Puff Daddy's mentor. Ray is a self-made billionaire that has a $14 billion personal net worth. He started from scratch, living in an apartment somewhere around New York. Pretty impressive. Did 14 billion you know, personal money in a lifetime. Now, Ray says there's three stages of life. There's stage number one, 
where we are dependent on other people and we have to learn what it takes to succeed. There's stage number two, we're applying those learnings and people are dependent on us. And there's stage number three, which he happens to be in right now, where he just wants to share as loud and, and as much as he possibly can to help other people succeed as well. Mm. And I smiled when I heard that. I'm like, man, I like this Ray guy. He gets it. <laughs> He's, He's got that learn it, live it, give it philosophy. He just doesn't use my words. That's pretty cool. I love that. I figured and it I, must be a good idea if that dude's talking about it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think as we, we get through life, as we move through life, we realize the things that are really important. And um, I had several people in my life that passed away in a very short period of time. Um, three people I loved within a year of each other. And I got to be with them, each of them, right before they passed. And much like your experience, it was beautiful. I was honored and gifted with it. And they each shared with me very specific advice to make sure that you're enjoying your life and the people in it um, and to give as much as you can. That all of the things that maybe that they taught or learned or believed during their lifetime, it, it, was, it was basically boiled down to those kind of learn it, live it, give it. And um, it's beautiful that you've been able to kind of put your arms around that at this point in your life rather than waiting until you're in your seventies, eighties or what have you. Um, but I want to tell you, Jerry, this was a beautiful conversation. Soulful. I've been looking forward to it for some time and I just want to thank you so much for sharing so much gold. I know that this is going to be an episode I go back and listen to. Um, so thank you for being with me today. I am just truly honored that you took the time. You're so very welcome. And for everyone listening, I'm, I'm honored y'all took the time to, to tune in as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining today. I loved this conversation with Jarek so much. I appreciate his advice to get comfortable dancing within our darkness and to cherish the events that have made us who we are by forgiving ourselves for our past mistakes. You can follow Jarek on IG at Jarek Robbins and find him on his website, jarekrobbins.com. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. You can find me on Instagram at either ms.janetteschneider or the live movement at loveisviral.media or live at loveisviral.com. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Order my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.